you tell me, who is your daddy and what does he do? Lovely notes of Giuseppe Verde. Mean time for another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio told like it is and always at the highest level. Frank Rivello here. Happy that you're back with us as we go recap heavy on match week two. And uh, to do this, we were wondering about his status. A little something, something happened. If you've been following and listening to Serie A Sit Down, and if you've been following on Twitter, we have we have a new daddy. Uh, as my co-host, and hopefully with the arrival of his son, a, a new listener. But let's welcome and congratulate Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. I love it when you call me Big Papa. No, oh, hey, well, how you doing, man? How you doing? I didn't know, now you know what? Slow your roll. I didn't go that far. All right, all right. You got the new daddy thing. You have any idea how much I can mess with you this year? Because I've got two of my own. I know. So. I know. <laughs> I'm going to just make you freak out because right now when he's pooping out all the colostrum, right? Is that what it yeah, is? We're going to yeah. get, we're going to get, we're going to get graphic on the city. I'll sit nice. down. And, all right. So wait till they get that yellow. When, when it starts getting that yellow Brown, start to worry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. That's actually what it's supposed to do after it's cut through all the colostrum. So it's already there. Today just yes. started. So yeah, everybody just turned this podcast off right there. So, Nursing 101 with Frank and Richard. Yes. Well, congratulations. Uh, how's how's for most important questions? How how how's the how's your wife? How's the baby? Wife is doing great. Uh, little guy, he's doing great. It's uh it's awesome. And yeah, uh, as you seen my tweet earlier this uh, this uh, a couple of days ago or yesterday, um, his first uh, few days in this earth, I've put a lot of football into his mind. So uh, start him young. <laughs> Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with uh, nothing wrong with corrupting the child very, very early, especially with that Schalke stuff. I don't know why you do that. Hey, uh, <laughs> to be fair, Schalke, Schalke actually gave me a shout out on Twitter. So, uh, hey, much respect to them. That was uh, that was I did not expect that. Good on them, definitely good on them. Um, and uh, you, uh, how's the sleep coming along? It's coming, it's coming. Um, I'm getting not as much as I, I was hoping for, but last night was a little bit better. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but. Um, not only with the with the with the baby, but also the puppy, making sure he's uh, staying away from the little guy. So, so far, yeah, so the, good. That's the most important thing, you know. One of the things that we did because we we had our dog uh, before uh, my son was born, and what the first thing we did, like when we came home, was you know we took his little cap and kind of gave yep, it yep. to the dog to sniff so that it understood. Okay, there's someone else in the house now. So um, he you seems know. to know too. He seems to know. He's been very cautious, which I did not expect. And I'm happy. It's crazy they have that instinct. It's crazy they have that instinct. So, um, but no, congratulations. Glad to glad to hear that everything is going great and and, and off to a good start at the uh, Carmen household. And I believe the name is Joshua Caton Carmen. Correct. Correct. All right. So the Paolo Maldini Nesta, what whatever you said last week. Wife overruled it. I, as well, she should. Um, <laughs> that's her right to. So, <laughs> um, as much as we all would have been happy with it, but uh, but no, uh, no, good on her for doing that. So, um, we are recap heavy this week, and uh, to uh, to help us out, um, uh, we have a uh, a friend of the uh, Serie A sit down, 
Um, he is um, earning his second cap um, with uh, the Serie A sit down and as a guest. And uh, he's the co-host of Sempre SSE Napoli podcast, a father himself um, out of Yonkers, New York. Uh, uh, so uh, we're bringing a little attitude to the Serie A sit down and welcoming back <laughs> Rafa Rispo. Ciao, Rafa. Ciao, guys. Um Richard, congratulations, my friend. Um, it's the best feeling in the entire world. I th- thought, I thought standing on San Paolo, looking up at Curva B, and <laughs> walking down the same steps Maradona was a thrill. When your firstborn is is born and you're in the room, there's nothing better than that, man. And, Amen. and Amen. it's funny, and you know, I own, <clears throat> I own and operate a, you know, a hair salon, barbershop, and we had a lady in today getting her her highlights done right before she's ready she's ready to pop any minute and she was talking about how she doesn't think her husband's gonna cry and i said huh mm-hmm. you just wait he'll 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 be a he'll be a bag of tears if he's really like you know if he's really into it and 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 you know i i admittedly cried it's for to, right? all three no it's it's i mean i have three and uh you know my my youngest is five and i i, I cried for him i think the hardest yeah. So, so Richard, I'm so happy. Everything is good and healthy, and and congrats to you and your wife and and the family, man. And Frank, what's Hi. up? How you doing? <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I'm 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 doing, man. I'm, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm I'm doing all I'm doing all right. Uh, I uh, managed to um, I managed to get away from all the social media distractions because you know what? I my wife and I went away for a wedding over the weekend. Uh, so and 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 the hours involved. I missed the Juve. I did not catch Juve Lazio live. I did not catch Napoli Milan live. There's a, there's a number of things I did not catch live with the Serie A weekend where when I got home, I did a lot of catching up. Um, so, uh, you know, so I, this was probably the first time where, and I think I, I think I texted a bunch of people. I texted Richard. I texted a few other friends. I said, okay, no spoilers. I'm going to be gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to try to, uh, I'm going to watch the, the beauty of ESPN plus, which we all agree. Absolutely. Um, our 50 bucks has already been paid. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, the, the replay is available is able to come home, watch it on Sunday night. So, um, but anyway, uh, that was, that was, uh, that was my weekend, but certainly, uh, did not, uh, keep me from being able to have access, uh, uh, to my, uh, SETI. Ah, so, um, you know, things have been, uh, things have been going great over at the, uh, Sempre, uh, Sempre podcast these days. Things are going excellent. Yeah. We, um, we picked up a new co-host, a Chris, Chris uh, Kirsten Schlowitz, and um, yeah, where she, we know she, her. Yeah, she she's uh, she's got her unusual unusual efforts pod, and and um, uh, you know she's she's a super Napoli fan, and she's super cool. So so we picked her up. Um, uh, Kenny's doing good. James is doing good. Everyone sends their regards, Frank, um, and uh, we actually. We uh, we got Marco Donofrio Cubani from Stereo uh, Serie uh, back. Uh, he was gone for a bit because he's very very busy, but he's coming back. So that's that's nice, nice. that was just uh, announced. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we're very versatile. So there's no see. The, it, we're all very busy people <laughs> outside of, outside of this podcast thing, and sometimes it's hard to get everyone together as we, we, we weren't able to get together for the first, you know, we did all that summer stuff and had huge numbers and it was great success. And we all had so much fun doing it. And then all that just to not put out a show after the Lazio match was just so disheartening. So, 
you know, we're all kind of working towards making a little more time for Sempre. We are very busy. James is a new dad himself. You guys know. Yep. Um, it's hard. It's, it's real. I just, I, you know, I'm running late for this cause I had to put my kids to bed. You know, it's, it's, it's a tough game, you know, this daddy thing, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, um, I think uh, I think we're we're all doing good. Everybody everybody's in good spirits. We're all happy about the mercato, despite some other Napoli fans are, and uh, and and uh, we're 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 happy with what we see on on uh, on t on our TV screens uh, for the last two weeks. Excellent, excellent. Well, you know, uh, I've I've like I said, I said on last week's pod on Saturday, I sat down that I'm starting to get more into the team specific podcasts. I regrettably did not take, have not taken the time to try to listen to other podcasts. I, I've, I've listened to you guys now. I think I've listened to, you know, the last two or three. Um, and, uh, yeah, you guys are, you guys are doing great work and, uh, learning more about uh, the Parthenope than, uh, than I originally knew. Um, you know, just kind of, just kind of seeing it from the surface. So it's, so, so you guys are doing, you guys are doing excellent work and, it's always a thrill, Richard, and I always look forward to having you guys on the Serie A sit down. Yeah, we love we love coming on. You know, we love doing doing various shows and and you know coming on and spreading awareness to you know to the to the team and and you know we we just have a good time doing it. It's a passion of all of ours. And uh, yeah. I just did the Milan Weekly podcast yesterday. You guys might have heard it, but uh, I had yeah, a lot of fun yeah. with them too. Those guys are those guys are a thrill. They're they're uh, they're excellent, excellent couple guys uh, that listen that listening that listening is on my radar i do plan to uh i do plan to listen to that hopefully sometime tomorrow so yeah um yeah so i am i am looking forward to that um we chatted off air before we started you know a little bit about uh, we kind of got into a various various topics of conversations you wanted to chime in on something that i kind of got pretty passionate about last week i did yeah i wanted just to touch really quick on the uh postponement of the two genoa matches last week and the decision to play the rest of of the round and if you don't mind me chiming in yeah um i've actually been been waiting for this uh, you know i've known i've known i've been coming on for almost a week and i just w- wanted to come out and and discuss something you know i really think that uh you know and i won't beat a dead horse here i won't take too much sure. time on it but but I, there's two ways i see it i think yeah, while it's a tragedy it is and and it's you know uh, uh, it was an accident. It, you know it was it was a shame. It could have been prevented. You know no one no one meant to you know let the bridge just you know collapse and fall. I really do think that the infrastructure in Italy is so far behind. You know every uh, almost everywhere else that you know uh, if if the problem was noticed, it could have been fixed and this could have been prevented. It wasn't a targeted incident. It wasn't a, you know, terrorist incident like how 9-11 was and everything was canceled for a few days and this and that. So honestly, in, in the spirit of moving on and, and, and going on for the people who need football to comfort them, I'm okay with it, with, with, with everyone else playing. Um, but I agree with you guys that if you're going to cancel a couple of games, you might as well cancel the whole, the whole week or just play the whole week. Um, the reason I think City I dropped the ball here is I know they wanted to have their CR7 debut, but when you really think about it, they could have capitalized on this disaster, not trying to sound insensitive because I'm not. I, I, 
you know, life comes before football, and that's 100%. But don't you think City I would have made a little bit more interesting for CR7's official Serie A debut in Torino against a team like Lazio and Carlo Ancelotti's official Serie A debut at Sao Paulo against his former team, against the manager uh, like Gennaro Gattuso, who he played, who played for him. Uh, Iguain opening the season, uh, you know, against Napoli at the Sao Paulo. I just think that it would have made for for better for a better situation, and everybody could have had forty two minutes of silence in the first half. And everybody, I just think, yeah, cancel canceling yeah. the week altogether was a was was the right thing to do, and they didn't do it in all aspects, in the aspect of sensitivity for life, and in the aspect of hmm, you know, we have a chance to capitalize here, and and. You know, CR7 debuts in Turin instead of in Verona. And Ancelotti debuts against Milan instead of Lazio. You know what I mean? And everybody could have played on Halloween instead of just Milan Genoa. Yeah. That's my take. Um, You can call me wherever you want to call me. You know, I I I don't know if it's a popular take, if people might read it the wrong way. I'm I'm just thinking all around. No, no, definitely, and those are some excellent points, and those are some things they could, they they could have. I didn't even consider that, you know, um, when I kind of went uh, when I kind of went on my rant last week. Uh, so, so no, very very good point taken. Yeah, it was a, it, maybe a bit of a missed opportunity, or maybe they said, you know, or maybe they considered it and said, hey, we're going to have it anyway, but yeah. we can't miss out on this. We can't. Stri- we we got to strike while the iron's hot. We don't want to lose. We don't want to lose out on a week. I mean, you you never know what these people are thinking. Um, you know, half the time, and I think that that's uh, that's what I that's you know, while we love this league, while we love the teams in it, while we love talking about it, um, I think that's the frustrating aspect of it. <laughs> so, um, but uh, and maybe the aspects that keep us all on our toes. Sure. So, um. But uh, but nonetheless, no, that's an excellent point, and that's something I didn't consider. Yeah, he could have had Ronaldo could have had his debut in Turin. We could have had Ancelotti v Milan. Um, so uh, nonetheless, they didn't do that. And again, I think that uh, you know it kind of goes along with my take last week, Richard. In a nutshell, this was a half-assed effort by Lega Calcio to recognize this tragedy. Absolutely, it was. Uh... We're all embarrassed, and you can obviously see with sure. Rafa, he's the same way. So it is what it is, I and mean, the best thing to do is try to move on, and hopefully we don't have to deal with a similar situation again, whether it's a tragedy like the one we had or something something else that will have to uh, cancel some games. So let's hopefully that doesn't come around again. Sure, sure, no problem. Well, we've, we've, we've talked about that. We've kind of got that set. Let's, let's put that all behind us. Let's talk about what happened on the pitch. Let's get into it and talk about our clubs first. Okay, so obviously when Napoli and Milan play, we get one of the uh, Napoli guys on to join us to talk about it, Richard. So, um, and let's uh, let's go ahead and recap that game. It was at the San Paolo, and uh, you know storylines as far as the eye can see. Carlo Ancelotti, who I have affectionately. I told the Sempre Napoli guys, I don't think I've actually said this publicly on Twitter, but I affectionately call Carlo Ancelotti daddy. <laughs> so 
and daddy's living somewhere else right now. <laughs> and we're all trying. This is just a daddy all, episode, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it is. And we're all trying to cope with that. We're, Arigo Saki is grandpa. So, um, you know, make of that what you will. And, and, <laughs> and, and, but, but Paolo Maldini is our heroic uncle that has come home and is kind of just kind of, you know, watching over everything now. So, um, but uh, Napoli Milan storylines, as far as the eye could see, obviously coach against student with with Gattuso managing Milan. You know, a little bit of attention for whatever reason. Eleven Sports through ESPN Plus decided to put the camera on Pepe Reina, even though he had no part in this game. But it was a homecoming for him. Uh, but uh, obviously, a lot of emotions. Just uh, you know, just with the Ancelotti uh, connection um, involved here, and uh, it. Uh, it made for a, a tense fixture. In Milan's case, hadn't beaten Napoli in four years. Uh, you know, certainly something that they wanted to try to get off their back. And as we talked about their game against Genoa last week, postponed. So this was their first match uh, taking on the Parthenope. Um, the game opened up, um, and Milan had a had a decent bit of possession without a lot of purpose. And Napoli sat, wait for them to make some mistakes. They tried to carve out a couple of things. Callejon in particular looking dangerous. But then Milan got forward, and they produced this peach of a goal. Looks to whip that cross for Barini. Intelligent knockdown. Brilliant finish. Ospina beaten by Giacomo Bonaventura. And Milan have the lead at the San Paolo. Jack on a jack, Richard. What a goal. A little scissor kick with the outside of his foot. I don't think the goal would have been as beautiful had he done it with his left foot, but doing it with his outside of his right foot, kicking it the way he did, perfect timing. What a goal. Um, yeah, I mean, up to that point, it was standard Milan, you know, all possession, no substance, but uh, what a play overall. You know, Suso with the cross in. Uh, Borini, of all people who got the start, you know, headed it back towards uh, the open area, and, and Jack, Jack of all trades, uh, getting that goal, big goal for Milan. Uh, Certainly unexpected because I expected uh, I expected this to be one way traffic. I mean, a lot of eyebrows raised with Fabio Barini getting the start on that left hand side, but he was serviceable, uh, you know, for the time that he was out there, and obviously came through with a pretty clever assist. Rafa, um, Saudi's teams were very much more pressing, much more frenetic uh, for the second straight week. Ancelotti kind of opened things in mid block more than anything, uh, and wanted to wait, have his team wait to pounce on the. Uh, on the opposition. Is that what you saw? It's what I saw. I mean, we, we, we definitely had, you know, a good bit of possession as well for the, in the opening minutes, we had a couple of chances that, that, that fell our, our way. Um, you know, Milan did have a lot of possession. Like you said, I like how you put that. They had a lot of possession with, without a lot of purpose. They did, they did, uh, you know, control some of that, that time before the goal. And then the goal came and, you know, uh, Ancelotti did say that he had a problem with how we press high uh, before the season started. And I think that in both matches, it took us a little while to get to get, you know, that to get that going. Our, our back line is a little shaky in the beginning of the match. Uh, it's not that unlike last season, actually, because there were eight occasions where we fell behind. Uh, and came back never 2-0, but we fell behind early, often. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, no difference here, but uh, the uh, that the Suso service to Borini was just... 
unbelievable. Borini's past the burn of it. It just was a great goal. Not, nothing Ospina could have done about it. Nothing really the defense, I think, could have done about it either. It was just a great sequence and well-deserved first goal. Yeah, um, and it was very, very well taken. And that set, set a, real, a, a little bit of an interesting tone. Napoli started to press. Uh, going into the game, my thoughts were the, the, the two players – where the mismatches were was Insigne and Callejon on the flanks against Calabria and Ricardo Rodriguez. And then I think in the first half, Callejon much more so than Insigne, mm. uh, you know, was the danger man in the first half. Um, around it, um, in particular, Richard, Alessio Romagnoli, very, very composed uh, first half performance. Yeah, and he's really coming into his own. I think uh, taking the, the captaincy... Um, has really brought his game up even more. You saw it the second half of last season, how his game started to get better. As a result, the rest of the defense, including Bellucci, got better. And as you just see him taking over, I mean, starting over where he, where he left off last year. Um, and, and it's very good to see as a Milan fan that, um, he's really coming around. He's looking like the, the guy with the potential that we thought he was going to be. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, starting to become a marshal back there and, and dictating where the defense goes. He just needs, uh, Muzakir or whoever's with him, Caldara, uh, to get on the same page with him. Yeah. Uh, another homecoming of sorts, Gonzalo Higuain, although he has been back at the San Paolo on a couple of occasions when he played for Juventus, Rafa, but Kalidou Koulibaly doing what Kalidou Koulibaly does. He shuts down the top strikers in this league and he did it again with Higu- Higuain was almost nowhere to be found throughout the 90 minutes. In particular, the first forty-five. Yeah, and and you know I'll be old too. Uh, they were able to shut down Iguain. Uh, it has a lot to do with with the fact that they know him, and and you know I I really feel that that coupled with the fact that since Iguain's been gone, the duo of Albiol and Kulibali have been so dynamic that that um, you know they've been. It's funny, you you know those those meme photos where like. There's one where you know a guy's like cleaning his glasses off. He'll see one thing, and then he you see a guy cleaning his glasses off, and then pictured underneath is what he really sees when he cleans <laughs> yeah. it off. And I saw one with uh, Baresi and Maldini, <laughs> and then cleaning the glasses <laughs> off, and then there's Koulibaly and Albiol. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like they are the yeah. I feel like they're the like the like you know. I mean, again, like I said, uh, shaky shaky start to the season for the defense, but. You know, when everything is calm and collected, Koulibaly and, and Albiol are, are like a, 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 an unstoppable force, I, I feel. And Iguain was just, I mean, he didn't have many touches to begin with and he didn't have a lot of opportunity. But but when he did, he was just, he was, it was quick to shut him down. And, and kudos to the Napoli defense for that because Iguain, you know, has, has beaten Napoli on a couple of occasions with Juventus. And, you know, that coupled with the fact that it was, it was, you know, the actual opener and, I'm sure he was feeling a little bit of pressure, also. So, you know, uh, you know. I mean, I'm happy not to see him do anything. To be honest with you, <laughs> you know how I feel about Eagle. Sure. No. Yeah. Sure. Sure. No Just offense. Qu- no offense. No offense taken. No offense taken. You're a Napoli supporter. You should. You. You, you know that that should be your opinion of him. Um, quick one on Raul Albiol because when I look at Napoli, I'm like, okay, there's a spot where they can upgrade. They can find a better player or an, maybe somebody that's not necessarily, you know, a baby like a, you know, like even a Romagnoli or even a Caldara, but somebody that's a little more youthful that can that can play next to Koulibaly. But with as much as Koulibaly covers, Albiol, with all of his experience, is the perfect complement, isn't he? 
He is. He is the perfect compliment. But there was some talk about giving Maximovich a little bit more of a chance uh, to to go in there and and cover for Albiol a bit. You know, there are times where Albiol's a bit shaky. I think his age is showing a little bit. You know, but but there's no doubt that when he's not on the he's not in the lineup, as we've seen a couple times last season. Uh, you know, without one or the other, it's just a, a bit of a shaky situation. Um, I think he brings more than just his skill on the pitch. He's he's a born leader, and it's something that we need. Uh, you know, and we touched on this on Sempre actually. Who can who can reclaim like who can who can take the leadership spot f- that that um, Pepe Reina displayed throughout his career at Napoli. And, uh, you know, I mentioned it could be Mertens, but I really feel like Albiol is also one of those who who would pick up the pieces and, and say, OK, guys, you know, fall on my back and, and we'll we'll you know, we'll be OK. Don't don't worry about it. But uh, he's a uh, to me, he's a pivotal point on the team. But, yes, there there is a, a, a pretty good, you know, replacement on the bench in in Maximovich and Kirikas as well. He's 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 not too shabby as well. Well, let's stay on that point because you know you you bring up a good point like both of you guys and and a lot of people and I heard during this match and even after this match people saying, well, Ancelotti's thinking about bringing in Maximovich to re- to replace him or, or give give him some rest. Do you feel I mean, and with the points that you bring about bring about Albiol are absolutely spot on. They're valid and I, and I see why he's there with Koulibaly. Like Frank says, he's a perfect complement to him. Um, do you think that Maximovich could be that guy to eventually take that place, or you think it's it's firmly in Albiol's spot right now, and and it's just Maximovich to play the spare time when he needs rest? Well, I think it's Albiol's spot for now, but I think with with Ancelotti, you're going to see a lot more players play. You know, mm-hmm. with uh, you know as as brilliant as Sadi was, as 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 good of a, a football mind as he was, uh, he had his favorites and. He was uh, not afraid to to uh, play his classic eleven, so to speak, and his three plug and play uh, substitutions. I mean, the thing with Sadi was that he he was he was so dead set on his way. You know, we called him a, st- a stubborn a stubborn old man. You know, not that we didn't love him and love the things he did, but you know, when when Ancelotti was announced, you know, almost immediately. I mean, if you go back and listen to the to the 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 first episode of the summer was was the day we signed Ancelotti and we were all like you know what we're going to see a lot more people play now and absolutely you know yeah. you, 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 Mertens is getting the re- you know not not I know we're talking about the defense but I'm watching highlights right now of, of the of the match on ESPN plus and uh, I, the the foul that was committed I guess by <laughs> Mario Rui the one where he got kneed in the back. Don't ask me how that was a Rui foul. <laughs> we can talk about that later if you want. But but you know you see Mertens get up off the bench and you would think, you know the, the you know Mertens was a staple of this team. He scored so many goals. He was such a such a dynamic on the field. Now he's sitting on the bench, second game in a row. You'd think he'd be dejected. You'd think he'd be like like you know oh no I'm sitting on the bench. I'm not going to get playing time. Why did I stay? He's up. He's he's arguing the call. He he's he's yelling from the stands. Very Ronaldo, engaged. Ronaldo yeah. in the final of the Europe, the the, the European Cup esque, you know, like taking sort of like the 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 leadership role from the sidelines because Ancelotti is always so reserved. So so Mertens gets up and does that, and it's like it's like he knows his role. He knows his place. 
uh, and he he stayed because he's going to he's going to be a part of this team in some form or fashion. Sure. And I feel like like all the guys feel the same way. I think Maximovich will know that there will be a time where he's going to come in and be a staple on this team. And and he's and Ancelotti's ability to make everybody else feel important as important as the next guy is where there are some people who left Napoli to go play elsewhere and he'd come out and say just Saudi just didn't really pay us any mind. And that's that's the big that's the big factor. So right now, like I said, and you know, I'm a little long winded sometimes, but I'll be oh. old is, is he's the, uh, he, he, that's his position to lose. Um, but I don't see him losing it anytime soon. However, Maximovich will see a lot of good playing time. Yeah. And, uh, it, again, with Ancelotti, it seems like there's going to be, um, more rotation. Yeah. I mean, Saudi ran. 13 or 14 players into the ground. Um, and it just, it was hard to maintain that level of play, you know, when they're being asked to play so many games, um, you know, you know, certainly with, with Angelotti, who I think, you know, throughout his career, with the exception of what happened at Bayern Munich, maybe, um, you know, he's, he's been known for his man management skills and knowing when to sit, tell a guy, okay, you need to rest. You're going to sit this one. I'm going to play this guy. You know, we're still going to be okay. Um, so, no, uh, you, 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 you have our daddy there, um, uh, so take care of him. <laughs> so, um, but uh, let's, uh, let's carry on with what happened with the rest of the game. So it ended up 1-0 at halftime in favor of Milan. Uh, as Milan supporters, we probably said, okay, yeah, it's, we're, we're up a goal, but this is, a, you know, the old saying, we're, we're kind of shithousing this. Um, you know, yeah, we're getting some possession, but we're not doing anything with it. When Napoli have the ball, we're, we're we're getting in that last tackle, you know, on some of their attacks. Callihan was probably the most dangerous player in the first half. Second half, a couple of other players pop up for Napoli for various reasons, and we'll talk about that. But it would be a second Milan goal uh, to everyone's surprise. Pulling away there was Suso, and it's Calabria! Scored a massive goal at Roma last season. And his second senior goal is here in Naples. Ancelotti can't believe it. Richard, I think I spent the whole first half pissing and moaning about the lack of connection between Calabria and Souza because I thought that partnership was poor in the first half. And lo and behold, four minutes into the second, they link up for a goal. Yeah, and this is something we've been uh, screaming for. You know, that's why we, you know, we we signed uh, Andrea Conti because we're expecting a partnership with there with Suso because Suso is just a one man crew back on that right side. So it's finally good to see that those two hooked up, um, hooked up, I should say. And uh, what a goal by Calabria! It's his second goal, another big goal. He scored a big goal against Roma for his first goal, and now this goal against Napoli. When uh, that goal came in, um, I mean, I was not only jumping for joy because it's two nothing because it's totally unexpected. But it was also seeing Suzo and Calabria hook up like I was hoping for with somebody that over there with Suzo. But I'm glad it's Calabria and Calabria is going to be a, a staple on this defense, whether it's on the right side or the left side. You woke up the baby, didn't you? I did. It's Bastard. okay, though. It's okay. You got yelled at, too, didn't you? <laughs> the wife wasn't in the room. <laughs> she wasn't amused? Oh, she wasn't so. in the room. <laughs> oh, she wasn't in the room. Okay, so you know, 2-0 two, two up for Milan, and we're feeling pretty good about this. Maybe at 2-0 up, in the words of Maurizio Sarri, the game is over. You know, <laughs> um, that's the funny part. But no, a youthful Milan team, rather than 
trying to start to take the steps over the last 40-plus minutes of the game to see the game out, they continue to get cute. And they get punished because four minutes later. Kayahan to cut it inside. Oh, they're right back in it. Zielinski with the goal. Pietro Zielinski. Now, we talk about Callahan being the danger man in the first half, Rafa. Rafa. Zielinski pops up and scores this goal, and it just set a different tone from there. It set the tone. Uh, um, Napoli were looking, you know, like Napoli again. Um, and you know, I'll say, I'll say this, some, some, uh, some people will say that once Napoli quote unquote reverted back to Saudi ball, you know, things opened up for Napoli again and, and everything looked, everything looked like it was going to be okay. But, you know, while the remnants of Saudi ball is still apparent, um, because you know, it's basically the same team as last season and they know what they're doing. Um, it's a bit of Ancelotti, Ancelotti style plugged in there too. So, and, and, and then that becomes apparent with the second goal. Uh, Cause right after, you know, Zielinski puts the first goal in, which was a great goal, great placement. I just remember watching that goal and, and, and being so happy about, you know, I remember when, 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 when Milan, took the two nil lead and I looked at the clock. It was only 40, 49 minutes. And I'm like, all right, there's an entire half left. We're down two nil. And, um, there's an entire half left and, and, and no need to worry. No need to panic because we'll be okay. I, I did fully expect to come back to be honest with you. hundred percent. I, 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 I still had the faith that they would do something. Um, but what a perfect little place placed goal. There was nothing, you know, nothing that Donnarumma could have done about it. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, and uh, Richard, it was the tip of the Lucas Belia disaster class in this game. Yeah, what a terrible giveaway by him. Not only giving it away, but then stumbling on the ground and falling on his knees and back. Uh, that's not a way you want to endear yourself to the Milanista faithful. Um, he's already been on thin ice with them uh, going into this one and then do something like that, a complete belly flop, uh, letting Zelensky get a beautiful shot off. Who? That's a player who I, I love, by the way, Zelensky, but... Uh, Bilya, he's far from someone who I love, and it, it plays like that is the reason why he's not endearing to me and to the rest of Milan fan base. Mm. We're going to talk about that here in a minute, Richard, about Milan and about the midfield. Uh, but let's uh, the, 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 Napoli would equalize. It was on a corner kick, and uh, uh, this is going to be a theme because another goal happened like this in another game. But uh, when you don't head the ball high and wide, when you head the ball low and centrally, this happens. Akiyoko wins the header. Zielinski fires it in. Napoli a level. A brace for the Polish international, Peter Zielinski, uh, making it 2-2 for the Partenope. And now Milan completely all over the place. Um, Rafa, at that point, is that just a sigh of relief and just confidence as a Napoli support? We're going to win this game. That third one is just right around the corner. Excuse me. Yes, that was the the stamp of uh, you know the the match. I believe the the goal came, and um, t- to me, it was just a matter of time. And it was it, for me. It was at that point. It was uh, uh, you know, are we going to win three, four, five? You know, uh, honestly, after the first goal, you know, Insigne had a, sh- a chance. Zelinski had another chance. I mean, the yeah. chances just kept coming. 
But what really impressed me, and and I didn't realize this until we recorded Sempre, and 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 I believe Kenny uh, Kenny um um made this apparent was, and then, and then I went back and watched the match that night, and it was unbelievably true. The second goal came after Ancelotti took Hamsik out and put in Mertens for him, yep. which is something that would never have happened under Maurizio Sarri. Maurizio Sarri would have taken out Hamsik and Zielinski would have come in on that uh, on that instance. Like for like. It would have been it would have been like for like, plug and play, if you shape. will. Yep. It, it kept its shape. They don't they wouldn't have changed formation. They wouldn't have changed any and there were times where we needed a goal. He'd put Milik in, you know, after being injured, um, but put him in and just slot him in there somewhere, and there would be no tactical change. Here Ancelotti takes out Hamsik, who was sitting behind um, the midfield, right in front of the defense, and puts Mertens in and puts him in front of the midfield. So he slotted behind, he slotted in front of Zielinski and Allen, and um, unbelievably opened up some space for for. And, and you could even say that he pl- he played a four four two. Yeah. Because because you had you had you had Mertens going everywhere on that pitch, and uh, you know he left some space open for Zielinski to take that shot off the corner kick, um, and and it just looked so fluid and 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 it, it's just something that we wouldn't have seen with Saudi. We wouldn't have seen the movement of the same players on the pitch, you know, and and it's such a breath of fresh air to see. Rafa, you're basically summing up exactly kind of what I see with Napoli under Ancelotti. And, and, and tell me if I'm being accurate or if I'm crazy. Um, Ancelotti's coming to Napoli with his ideas, okay? A- any manager, I mean, you know, and I touched on this in the preview pod, unless you're Bayern Munich, you're not, you're, not there, you're not there to give new ideas. You're there to babysit the old ideas. Sure. But at Napoli... Um, Ancelotti's got his ideas and he wants to be able to massage them into this pool of players. He wants to, you know, we alluded to the beginning, he's going to maybe start his team in mid block where, you know, defensively the line of confrontation is going to be a little bit deeper than what Saudi did. Okay. Um, but at the same time, while he's trying to massage his ideas, he knows that these players have Saudi ball in their DNA. And anytime in-game they want to turn that loose, Ancelotti is going to be cool with that. And he'll use his experience to tweak things to make them even more effective and go on and find ways to win the game. Is that what you're seeing? Because that's what I've seen with this Napoli in these two games uh, at Lazio and here at home against Milan. That's exactly what I'm seeing. And, you know, it's it, it, nobody's taking away what Mauricio Sarri has done with this club. What he's done with this club is 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 miraculous. Yeah, the the, the amount of matches that we won over the tenure of Maurizio Sarri. Don't mind you. Don't forget the first five matches he started in his tenure were loss, draw, draw, win, draw, six points. You know, yeah. and then he went on to become winter champions that season. Mm-hmm. Don't don't get me wrong. Nobody's knocking what Sarri did. Mm-mm. The thing is, is that it started. People started to figure it out. The reason Ancelotti came here was because he he realized, you know, you don't just you're not your name is not Carlo Ancelotti, and you're not just going to come to some team just to come. 
There's a reason he came to this team. There's a reason he turned down the Italian national team, exactly. Roma, yep. uh, 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 a Zenit St. Petersburg, and possibly even a return to Milan and mm-hmm. chose Napoli. And, yep. and, 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 you know, everyone, like I said at the beginning, everyone blasted us uh, for, for our lack of, of transfer m- movement. But what we did was we got deeper. Elite managers go to elite clubs. Exactly. They don't, they don't go to lesser jobs. Exactly. He, he, he also put in the belief that these players, they could go back to Saudi ball. And like I said, people, people, people said, well, you know, when, when, oh, Angelotti's system doesn't work, but when they go back to Saudi ball, well, yes, that's true. They did go back to Saudi ball, but Angelotti made, put his spin on it. Yep. He, he tweaked the, the formation. He changed up the, the the substitutions and you know we're two for two because of it i mean managers don't you know most managers when they come to a new job they're inheriting a lot of habits they don't want ancelotti's inheriting a team that have habits that there's no problem with them you know but figure out how to way to do it in a framework that you know he can still again massage his concepts and and massage his methods and try to make the team even more successful. And that's what we saw here. Um, 13 minutes later, the turnaround is complete. Uh, the uh, Dries Mertens found unmarked on the back end, on the back post. And uh, it, the game ends 3-2 to Napoli. Now, um, I'm going to put this out to both of you. Um, and I'm going to be neutral on this because I want to hear your opinions. I have a Napoli supporter and I have a Milan supporter here that I'm asking this question to. So, Richard, I'm going to start with you. Did Napoli win this game or did Milan lose this game? Yes. Um, Milan, <laughs> Milan definitely lost this because up to nothing, you want to you see the team shift into a more defensive tactic, try to find ways to... <coughs> you, you know Napoli's going to have their, their opportunities, so you want to find a minimized risk and, and get back there, sure up shop, and try to try to eliminate those open goals opportunities like the last goal with Mertens or even opportunities with both of the Zelensky goals. Um, but Napoli also won this. I mean, we saw this last week against Lazio and they're doing it again. It's Lazio never, I mean, Nap- Napoli never give up and they clearly changed the dynamics of the game even even more so when, when Mertens came in like Rafa said and they, they clearly took it to Milan. They fully deserved this, the three points if not six points from this victory because is another beautiful two goal comeback by them, and and so I'm gonna split the difference with that question and say Milan definitely lost it, but also Napoli definitely won it. Rafa, do you agree? Yes, I agree. I agree on both fronts. Uh, not to not to you know not to try to sound like I'm just gonna agree with everything you guys say, but uh, it's true. I mean. To an extent, Milan lost because you know you don't you don't go into San Paulo with a two nil win with a two nil two nil lead and and just blow it like that. You have the perfect opportunity, but to, to, that was to, a, that was a to, chance to grab three points that maybe nobody else in the league was going to get. Maybe except, and, maybe and I'll, and I'll tell you and I'll tell you what it would have been a statement game. But this is where this is where the class of Ancelotti shows up. Absolutely, and the and the the rookie status of Gennaro Gattuso is you know is that you know as naive as as much as much good as Gattuso did last season for this club because he did 
taken over from Montella, who just had it in shambles. And Gattuso did come out and 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 you know, you know, made made the t- the team somewhat formidable, and deserves the chance to start the season a hundred percent. And and I'm I'm a proponent of Gattuso. I love the guy, and I'm not a I'm not a hater of Milan. I think. I think the the moves that they made this offseason far better than the moves they made last season even though they spent mm-hmm. 200 million last year and 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 this year you know they they got around all of it and and I think they made some really really good moves and I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah. But 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 you know and I can't believe I'm saying this but this is Napoli. <laughs> and and uh, you know uh, uh this is the same team that scored that 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 reached 91 points last season under the tutelage of Probably one of the most successful Italian managers of all time, yeah. and and in a way, Milan did lose the match, but I think more so Napoli won the match, and and I think Napoli won it in more ways than we think. Also, because last season under Saudi, this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't go down two nil, backs against the wall, and come out come out on top. It, it happened once in his tenure. I think it was the second season. And we and it was the first first game of the season against uh, Pescada, I believe. We were down two 0 and came back and drew two two. I don't think last season, if this is if the, if Saudi's our manager and this is last season, we come back and beat Milan. And I think that that's why it's a it's a big important win for Napoli as well. So uh, so I, while I agree with Richard uh, that it's a it's a two way street, I think it's more of a Napoli win. Uh, Richard. Um... Is it convenient? Is it just too convenient to blame Gattuso, or can we look at this and say, well, we had a total shocker from Lucas Bilia, and the only the only alternative was a player who has not played in Serie A before is coming off a relative disastrous, a relatively disastrous spell at Chelsea, but has a world of potential. But we're going to throw him into this particular to an environment to try to rescue it. I mean, is it the even with all the moves and we've, even with some of the things that Milan have done to construct this team? That is a big, big problem if Bilia does not perform to the level that earned him this move from Lazio. Absolutely. So a lot of it's going to fall on Gattuso because he put those players in those positions. However, like you said, he's expecting Bilia to have a a, a great game manage that midfield and, and try to eliminate some of the, the difficulties that Bakayoko is definitely going to have being this is his first Serie A game or first Serie A season. So uh, it's, it's both those players are to, both those people are to blame Bilia and, and Gattuso. Um, but Gattuso has to, has to know and he has to see that when Bilia is making a mistake like that, he's got to put in someone who can, who can calm the waters, if you will. And, and he didn't do that. And, yeah, I don't think Bakayoko was the right move to make there. No, that not was, at all. No, no. And I'm sure there was a language barrier between there, so I'm sure he, you know, if he wanted to, you know, help move players around, he couldn't communicate with the guys, you know, the way that he would want. So uh, it, overall, it just it wasn't it wasn't good. And Gattuso's got to take most of that blame, but Bilia, he he has to take a lot of it as well. But yeah, that's I mean, where but, that, but, but that's where I think I'm sorry. That's where I think, like I said before. You, you just you. That's where you can just. It's so plain to see the difference in management. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. I mean. Yeah. I mean. There's no. There's no reason to believe that Gattuso won't be a great manager. I believe in his first couple of seasons as a manager, he's 
he, you know, he's got the the same green and determination that he had as a player, and he's not afraid to make these, you know, erratic changes. He's going to learn from all these mistakes, and I really do feel like if anybody from that Italian national team that won 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 that won the World Cup in '06 is going to become a, a somewhat of a of a of a great manager, it it would be him. But it's just he's he's just so brand new at it, and I think that was a mistake he made. He definitely, and you know, it's funny because now I'm talking about it, I, I, I feel like I'm changing my answer to Milan lost, you know. So, so it, it's 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 a uh, um um, it's just a hostile environment as well. It's their first game, and not, and that's another thing. Napoli has a game official match under their belt, and Milan this was their first competitive match, and and that's another that's another factor that plays into it. I think the I think the fitness of the Milan team is terrible, and and I don't think that the gap of one game makes a difference. Um, mm. I, I don't. I, you know, I, I to see, you know, to see this team fresh into the season, first game of the season, and and seventy five, eighty minutes in, some of these guys can barely run. That's a huge mm. problem. Yes, too. yes, yes, um, yes. You know, that's a huge, huge problem, and 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 one game in hand shouldn't make that big of a difference. Uh, and I know Gary Bertles was on this. Was, I had a much higher opinion of Gary Bertles this week than I did last week. I thought he was dreadful. This week I thought he was very on. I think he was better, you know, when we're talking about punditry because I had a good go at him last week um, with the Lazio-Napoli game. But um, he seemed to have mellowed out a little bit. But he pointed out the, the, the fitness issues here with Milan, and I felt the same way. I said, why do we have guys with hands on hips and hands on their mm-hmm. knees? You know, 80 minutes in, 85 minutes in, that's not good. So, um, you know, so fitness, I think, is a concern. The midfield, if Belia doesn't play well, that's a huge concern for Milan because they sell off Locatelli. Ricardo Montalivo is not an answer. Um, you know, and, and Bakayoko is going to have to take some time to get settled. So, you know, that's what, that's what Milan are left with. Now, having said all of this doom or gloom, Okay, and I'm going to get to and then and then and then we'll finish up with a few Napoli questions for you, Rafa. Richard, glass half full or glass half empty uh, for Milan here after this first week. I say glass half full because for 50 minutes it was actually a perfectly executed game plan and a two nil lead against a team that scored 91 put up 91 points in the table last season. What do you think? I'm right there with you. I mean, you go to you go to São Paulo and you score two goals. And you 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 put Napoli on their heels and force them to come back and beat you down. Um, last year, even in the Montella era, I could I could not see Milan go to Sao Paulo and score two goals, let mm-hmm. alone one maybe, but not go two goals, go two goals up on, on Napoli. So there, that's that's a positive right there. And Iguain will get time to work his way into the team. Sorry, Rafa, I know you don't want to hear about him, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it'll it'll yeah. work itself out. And so you know the fact that he was non-existent in this game for the most part, and they still scored two goals. I'm taking that as a positive. Um, they have a lot to work on, absolutely. But you went to you went to Naples and you got two goals, um, and you nearly got a, came away with a point. You should have had a win, but you know overall it wasn't it wasn't as bad as. It did. I mean, it is bad, but it, 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 there's positive for sure in that. It just went pear-shaped on Milan over those last 40 minutes. I mean, it's really the way it's got to be looked at. They they did some kid things in that game, and when you've got a lot of young players out there, you're going to expect that. 2-0 up, you got, I, I, I'd like to see us play a little more direct out of the back. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of lumping the ball forward. I'd still like to, I'd like to put the ball on the pitch and possess it. But 
at at two nil up, know where you are and know where the situation, know what the situation is, and come up with some different resources. And those last forty minutes, you're focused on trying to keep those three points and get the hell out of there. It's not about trying to continue to imprint a, a style of play. And I think that that's another th- that's another area where Milan went wrong. Now coming back to Napoli, uh, Rafa. In all the years that I've watched Serie A, I can't think of a better resume over two games to start a season than what Napoli have. Go to Lazio, win 2-1, win here against Milan 3-2. You beat, you've got six points on, you got six points in matches against maybe the so-called big six or big seven when we're looking at the, uh, when we're looking at the slate of Serie A teams. Yeah, and um, you know, it, it just goes to show, and, and a lot of Napoli fans who who were very pessimistic about the transfer market and 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 how we would end up have been very 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 quiet in the past two weeks. Uh, so have a lot of the pundits out there who are um, doubting us. And you know, listen, it's it's only match two. But like you said, it's it's top six competition, um, and we came away with with uh, uh, all six points after being down both times. So it's very encouraging. Uh, we move on to to Sampdoria next week uh, in Genoa, and which is never an easy place to go. But one loss in thirty one away matches is pretty impressive, and. You know, uh, um, it's it's very uh, very encouraging the performances that we've put on, um, and uh, a lot a lot of critics are, are kind of silent about it because it was not this was not foreseen. We we might have come away with two points if you ask some of these pundits out there. Mm. Now we're 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 talking about how well Napoli has been doing, especially against top six opponents. Um, coming back from two goals down, both first game and the second game. So it's, it's all great stuff from, from Napoli. My question to you is, where is Simone Verde? Is he injured or why is he featured? I mean, this guy has got immense talent, right footed, left foot, whatever. Um, he's not seen any pitch time. He should. Now, it's, it's hard with that attack. I got it. But where is he? He should be on the pitch at some point, right? Well, I mean, yes, he should. But I don't. I don't really I'm I'm not as upset as some people I know are about the new signings not really showing up at the moment. Um there's no real need for uh for rotation yet, you know? Uh we have another match and then we have a rest and then we get into the the meat of the, you know, of the winter uh or the fall, you know, so to speak. We get Champions League, we get, you know, Serie A, a couple of midweek fixtures here and there. Um, and that's when we'll see, I believe, that's when we'll see the uh, the, the team come around. Uh, so you, so you uh, think they're slowly working them into the team? To they're going to be slowly worked the, into the program, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, uh, look, at look, look, Callejon and Mertens are two guys who played almost every minute, and Insigne, almost every minute. And you can absolutely guarantee that Callejon is going to get some rest with Verde there. Uh, as versatile as Verdi is, he can play anywhere. Um, uh, you'll also see Unas feature. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and 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 you know, uh, don't forget we still have I mean Eunice who's yeah, yeah. who's who's injured and 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 chomping at the bit to come back as well. Hopefully he can keep his uh, you know his his personality at bay and 
and you know fall fall into the team and and be you know and be you know complacent and and compliant but um i really feel like there's no there's no need to worry about why verdi's not playing again i i really believe ancelotti has everybody's best intentions in mind and will will utilize every everybody will be utilized at some point and 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 feel important in this team excellent stuff well let's uh let's let's see if they can keep it rolling you know, 91 points is going to be hard to do again, but this is a, uh, you know, two fixtures and that are going to be as tough as they get and six points from them. Um, and the longer Ancelotti has his impact, the longer Ancelotti's around and has his impact, I can only see better things for Napoli. So, uh, you know, certainly let's see. Okay, Ronaldo fanboys, wake up. Richard's going to talk about Juve. <laughs> yeah, so this was a uh, home opener for Juventus at the Lions Stadium, or we still call it the J. Um, it was a uh, big day for for not only Ronaldo but for the for the, the whole Torino area. This game has been sold out for a while. Not to mention, this is a big matchup. It's Ronaldo against Sergei Milinkovic Savic versus Immobile versus Pjanic. So it's it's a big big matchup. Lazio have the potential. They have the offense to to play with anybody, but it's 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 how can they do against uh, teams like Juventus? We saw what they did against Napoli last week. Um, early on in this one, though, um, Lazio, as they did in the Napoli match, they, they started out very well. Uh, there's a turnover by Pjanic early in the matchup. Um, Napoli, Lazio get the ball. Senad Lulic gets the pass. Takes off a beautiful shot that was part away by Wojciech um, Chesney. Uh, brilliant save by him. Uh, you know, as much as people have been doubting Chesney, why has he been in net? Um, it's plays like that that make it make you know why he's the number one keeper there, not Matia Perrin. Um, moving on, Juventus a little bit later, they had their opportunity as well in the first in the first half. Uh, Sami Kadira with a beautiful shot that hit off the post. Uh, in, in that same play, Bernadeschi ends up getting the ball from the corner, br- swings a beautiful pass in. Ronaldo looking for his first goal in Serie A takes a dive and the play just misses wide. Um, so this game is going back and forth, which is great from the from the neutrals' perspective. I'm sure the Juventini that were there were a little worried that there was it was so open. Um, but those 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 worries would quell in the 30th minute. Uh, ball gets Bernadeschi kicks in the ball into the into the six yard box. Ball bounces around a little bit, and then it lands at the feet of this guy. Bernadeschi, three in the middle here. Oh, that's wonderfully hit. It's a glorious goal. Pjanic celebrates a new five-year contract with a sumptuous finish into the bottom corner. Mirlin Pjanic with a beautiful, beautiful side volley, Frank. Um, that was pure technique and, and that goal. You can't do it any better with that technique, could, could you? Note to everybody defending corners and set pieces in this league and around the world, if you're going to head the ball or clear the ball low and centrally. Don't be disappointed if it's going to end up in your own net. We got we saw it with Bakayoko with his uh, you know poor clearance attempt that Zielinski pounced on in the uh, Napoli Milan game, and now we've seen it here. So, uh, and it's it's another special one for uh, you know young players that are listening to this that are defenders as well. High and wide, get it away from the trouble. Okay, you can always regroup and reorganize. Low and centrally, you're begging for trouble. Yeah, but uh, a, be- a beautiful goal by Pjanic. He took it well. It was it was a very beautiful goal. Um, so this game would go into halftime, one nothing. 
you know, last week, Rafa, we talked about that, you know, Ronaldo should have got his first goal or two or three against Kievo, except for there was this guy named Stefano Sorrentino in the way, and he played immaculate. He was a 15 out of 10 in that game. This game, Strakosha, who has ups and downs, he was very up for Ronaldo, and he, he stopped some brilliant shots for Ronaldo, who should have probably had a couple goals in this one. Um, is, this, is this something we're going to see all season, that the goaltenders in this league are going to be up for Ronaldo and give him his best and make it even harder to score? Well, it's welcome to Italia, Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> uh, you, you know, listen, I, I say it a lot. Whenever Napoli, because, you know, obviously I'm a Napoli fan. We all know this. Watching Napoli, these goalkeepers that are relative, like, you know, I mean, Sarkosha is a great keeper. Sorrentino, you know, he's he's a veteran. He's, he's you know, he's, he's for, he gets up for big games. But I always see against Napoli, these, these keepers just come out and just come out of nowhere and become, you know, the second coming of Buffon. I, I like to call them. Um, and Sorrentino was having an absolute gem until he got injured, uh, late in, late in the game, uh, in the, in the opener. And so was Strakosha. I, Strakosha was just, was just all over Ronaldo, like like you know, white on rice, and and it's 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 something that you can see because I do really feel like like the Italian league, you know, Serie A have some really really world class, you know, veterans, mixture of veterans and young excellent keepers, and this is something that Ronaldo will have to get used to, and you know, he hasn't had his goal yet, but he and they'll come. Don't get me wrong, they'll come. He has to get. He has to adjust to a new league. This is not La Liga anymore. This is Serie A, and he's got to adjust. And he will. But until then, he's going to meet some really, really fine young and and mixture of young and veteran keepers that will that will frustrate him. No, absolutely. And 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 to a point to what you were saying with Rakosha, uh, early on in the second half, he had a beautiful shot from outside the box. It looked like it was aiming for the top top goal or off the post. Sarkosha made a magical save, gets it over to post, um, kept it at that point one nothing, um, or one nothing for Juventus, I should say, at that point. Um, though Ronaldo thought he finally got his first goal in the 75th minute, Jao Cancelo, brilliant cross into the box, hits Ronaldo twice, somehow stays out, and Mario Mandzukic jumps up and gets a rebound. Frank, uh, it looked like a comedy of errors for uh, Ronaldo there, but hey, ultimately the goal came for Juventus, and uh, it's Mandzukic who gets the goal, not Ronaldo. Yeah, um, you know it's uh, you you don't you know you don't often see Ronaldo get the yips from that that close to goal, uh, but um, I think the ball almost the, the ball kind of hit him on the ass too, didn't it? Before yeah, Tansa yeah. Mandzukic, it, it hit a few body parts uh, coming back there. So it's an assist that he probably didn't know about, but in, but but legally, I guess, and the the stat keepers gave him the uh, gave him credit for the assist on that. So um, you know, but. This is uh, this is a Juventus team that I think put in the uh, kind of performance that you would expect in a game like this. Um, relatively resourceful, carved out carved out a few chances. Uh, you know, I thought it was one that they were really going to uh, you know to have their sights set on, particularly uh, because they lost this fixture last year. It's the one blemish on Juve's record at home as far as Serie A is concerned, uh, you know, over the course of what, maybe three or four years. So, 
This nah, was. Uh, ah, 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 ah. You're oh, you guys. Koulibaly. Excuse me. Yes, you guys did that too. How can you forget so, about that? I have chills just even thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. So it was, well, Lazio ended Juve's <laughs> lengthy home unbeaten run. There you go. There you go. Okay. And then, you know, so they, 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 they Lazio got Juve drunk and Napoli got to take Juve home. Are you happy? <laughs> yes, I am. No, you're right. At that, at the point of the, of the Lazio, of the Lazio win last season, there was not there was not very many that could say that they went to Jay and, and beat him and said, Yeah, you're right, hundred percent. I apologize. Okay. I no, just had okay. to I had to chime in. Yeah, I that's I'm I'm just I'm just clarifying my comment. And no, no, I I I I remember the Cooley Bali goal, definitely. So um so yeah, so I think that they were keen on wanting to try to get this get this done, get this win. And I think that this is a Lazio team that I I'm worried about. You know, and Rosella Melarico uh, really thought that Lazio was the team that was due for a dip this season. Um, and I'm looking at their team. I'm, I'm starting to think Luis Alberto's found out a little, seems to be getting found out a little bit here. And what the hell is wrong with Sergei Milinkovic Savic? If I'm going to spend 120 million on a midfielder, he better step up in games like this in the game against Napoli last week. I'm getting nothing from this guy. Rafa, are you are you feeling the same way about him? I, I I'm feeling the same way about him. Um, I think that him not being able to leave Lazio, first of all, them not making the Champions League last year was was very very. I think was a very uh, you know down moment for them. And I alluded, I'm, I excuse, me, I alluded to this last week. I said I think that he's playing with this "why am I still here" attitude. Yeah, I think I agree with that because he's, you know, and and I'll tell you what he. This could really mess with the value of him, and and I think that he he's, you know, him being on Lazio still having to play Europa League instead of Champions League somewhere, or even with the the club, you know, you know, I think if they make the Champions League last season, you know, he 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 doesn't look as, you know, out of form that he does now. I just don't think he's interested. Yeah. Um, but at the same time. While while I th- was it Rosella you said was on here he she uh, she predicted them for a dip I predicted them to sneak into the top four because I really did like the moves they made in the off season the fact that they kept Milinkovic Savic the fact that they still have Immobile they still have uh, you know uh, um, um, uh, they picked up who who was it that they picked up that was really Oh, I can't. I can't think. They of have uh, Val and Barisha. They have Francesco at Serbi, uh, uh Riza Domisi on the on the left hand side. A uh, Joaquin, yeah. uh, Joaquin Correa. Uh, so yeah, yeah Correa, Correa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, Badel too, the Croatian. Badel too. Yes, yes, yes. I think they added to what they to to a, to a great team that they had. Yes, they lost Devry, but uh, but but the additions that they made and they kept most of the team. And I really like Simone Inzaghi. I I thought that they could be a team to sneak into the top four. Listen, it's only match two. Yeah. They had to they had to play Napoli and Juventus in their first two fixtures. That's out of the way. Now, if you ask me, this team could open up and 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 do something special. But they have to get more production from Milinkovic Savic. That is a key. You know, Immobile will be there. You know that uh, you know Inzaghi will 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 make right decisions. You know that Strakosha is a great keeper. He's going to keep them in. Uh, uh, and they and they have a great great you know, uh, um, 
chemistry. They just need to have Milinkovic Savic wake up and say, you know what? I'm going to give it my all this season. Maybe next season we make the Champions League. I stay. Maybe we don't, but my value has to stay the same. He's got to wake up. Otherwise, Lazio's in big, big, big trouble. No, and you guys bring up both beautiful points on that. And, and Milinkovic Savic definitely needs to step up. He, he has been looking like he's just been more aloof and, and not caring as much. Maybe it's just the fact that the defense is playing better. But, um, you know, unlike Milan, when uh, Juventus go up 2 nothing, it stays 2 nothing. Uh, the game yeah. would end 2 nothing. <laughs> uh, possession for it, was, it wasn't bossed as much as maybe like a Napoli would, but uh, Juventus had better possession 57% to 43%. Um, shots were, were comparable, 14 for UVA, 8 for Lazio, but the shots on target were the one that's really stood out, and it was 9 on target for, for Juventus, and 3 only for Lazio. It was, it was an interesting battle. Obviously, Jao Cancelo did very, very well on the right-hand side. Um, I don't get this, both you guys. How good of an addition is this for Juventus? Uh, you know, it's, it's not, he's better than Licksteiner, he's better than anyone they had there, he's better than Decilio, obviously. Um, is he going to be that much more influential for them? I mean, Danny Alves was big in the big games for, for Juve in the past, uh, but I think we're going to see a more consistent uh, presence from John Cancelo and as far as assists and crosses towards goals uh, this season. And also defensively, he's going to be an upgrade. What do you guys think? Uh, go ahead, Frank, first. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say he looks better with Benedeschi in front of him than he does with Quadrado in front of him. Um, Bernadeschi looks better too. He's in season two now. Okay, that that the, the the first the first season yips of of going to a club like Juventus and dealing with the expectations. That's all behind him, and he's gotten more acclimated. He seems. I watched him play in this game. I watched Bernadeschi play in this game. He got the start, and he earned this. And and he earned the start. He showed why Allegri has faith in him. And um, I'm encouraged by this kid. Um, you know, work ethic. I mean, just busted his. I mean, just all you had to do was go on the one that where where hit the post and was going to the touchline, and he's busting his tail side to go and get it. He didn't give up on it. I mean, little things like that get the attention of managers like Allegri. Okay, and that's not to say that Juan Cuadrado has a poor work rate because he doesn't. Um, but Bernardeschi's trying to earn his way into this team. Um, he didn't have the greatest first season there, you know. And I know I've kind of gotten off topic here, but. I think that that contributes to the effect that Cancelo can have. And we talked about this last week, Richard. He said Bernadeschi is a better fit because he's left-footed. He's going to cut in, and that gives Cancelo to go ahead and go wide and, and be able to operate and do the things that he can do, right. um, you know, like he did at Inter last season. When it's Cuadrado, who is a right winger, who is right-footed, they're getting in each other's way now. And, um, you know, so – I think that that has a, you know, Bernadeschi's maturation here in season two with Juve has a lot to do with that. But yes, Cancelo, that's what he does, man. I mean, um, I still think the defending needs to be better, but he's in the, he's in, he's with the team where he is going to get better as a defender. So um, with, you got guys like, I mean, obviously Buffon's not there anymore, but you got guys like Chiellini and Benazzi and, and you know, as much as I dog him, Bonucci, um, you know, and Bonucci's maybe the worst example of the three, but you know, guys who have, have been through it know how to defend, know how to deal with certain situations. So, the defensive part of Cancelo's game is only going to get better. So, Rafa, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of change this for you then. Can can Cancelo have uh, an impact in big games uh, the way like an Alves would? 
Um, because yes, I guess Lazio. Lazio is a top six opponent, but let's, I'm talking about like Champions League, uh, the big games. Uh, he, we he's still unproven in that respect. So, do we think he can continue this kind of play uh, when it, when those games really matter? I tell you know, and you took the words right out of my mouth. He's unproven, so it's nothing that we can we can forecast. We just got to see, let it let it unfold in front of us and see. Unlike Danny Alves, he was brought in. Uh, you know, because he was proven and, you know, he was, he was, you know, obviously it worked. They got to the final that season. And I, uh, you know, I do think that he, he's going to be a superstar. I think Juventus is strong suit as much as it pains me to say this, their strong suit is to find the replacement, the the good, re- the, the right replacement. Don't ask me what they were doing when they got rid of Caldada because to me that was the biggest mistake they could ever make, and you know Milan Milan will capitalize on that. But um, uh, you know, Draw uh, Cancelo will will make this team better, will make the defense better, uh, and you know, like I said, we have to let it unfold in front of us when when the Champions League comes around. But I don't see a reason why. You know he shouldn't be able to help them out. I think he's a great player. I think he, like you said, he he definitely complements Bernardeschi, and um um, you know I I do have I do have big uh, you know big expectations out of him. Beautiful. And so Juventus went to nothing. Both Juve and Napoli hold their serve, go six for six in points for the first two games. Um, but there was another big game, Frank, uh, this weekend, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, we're going to jump over. I mean, those are the two Saturday games we just covered. We're going to skip all the Sunday games right now and go right into what happened on Monday night. Uh, Roma at home against Atalanta. If you read my tweets, I said, you're a neutral. Watch this game. Do yourself a favor. Sit for two hours and enjoy yourself. You won't be disappointed. So I hope you listened to me, and I hope you took in this game because I took it in, and I certainly wasn't disappointed. And it did not take long for the party to get started. Just two minutes in, this happened. Comes a young Turk, Under. That's back inside. Decent delivery back here. Oh, what a goal from Pastore! That is world class. And what a start for Roma. When you get Richard Whittle to that certain tone of voice when he's calling a game, Richard, <laughs> on a goal, you know it was special. You know you have a magical moment because he doesn't get often that that ecstatic unless it's something brilliant and, and like he said, a world class goal by a, a player like that. Rafa, are are we doing this again? Last year, I said when Andrea Bellotti scored that flying over just that flying side volley over the shoulder of the Sassuolo defender when he scored that goal in match week two. Against us, I said to Richard, I remember exactly what I said to Richard. I said, we just saw the goal of the season, and there's 36 match weeks left. Uh, yeah, we're doing this again. And <laughs> just, I mean, uh, I'll tell you right now, I, as you guys are introducing the matches, I'm putting the highlights on, and I'm just rerunning them uh, with, uh, you know, with help from ESPN+. Plus. It's a beautiful thing. I have the television on on very, very low volume, so so you know none of it gets picked up. I can hear Richard Whittle <laughs> with my headphones on <laughs> screaming. Your ears hurt you. Your ears hurt you, don't you? <laughs> it's it's I mean, listen. I he what a what a what a touch. I could I just I don't know. It, it 
this team somehow comes out with some of these goals that I couldn't believe. Even the even the 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 opener last last week with the with the service by Cleaver and the touch by Jekyll. I, Roma, you can always count on Roma to to give you something special, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and I, I you know I do I do think that um, uh, this is a special team, you know, who's who just got better in the off season as well. Yeah, yeah, they. It was a brilliant goal, Javier Pastore. Um, yeah, we we could arguably have just watched the goal of the season again in match week two. Uh, for the second straight season. But that party was short-lived for Roma because uh, Duvan Zapata made his first start for Atalanta in Serie A. He bossed this game, Richard. I mean, he just flat-out abused Costas Manolas and Federico Fazio at every turn, and it led to... uh, He he played a role in all three goals. I mean, you don't see him specifically on the score sheet, but Timothy Castan's goal in the 19th minute uh, Emiliano Rigoni's brace, 22nd and 38th minute. Duban Zapata had a massive, massive influence in this first half. He gives this squad a wrinkle, a uh, dynamic that they didn't have last year. Yeah, Patania was great. Uh, and the players that they had, even even, uh, even our favorite guy, um, uh, oh, his name is escaping me now, uh, Cornelius. You know, yeah. they're, they're good players and all, but Duban Zapata, he adds a different element to the team. We saw with all the goals, um, he'll hold up the play. He'll run. He'll he'll uh, free guys up for passes. Uh, he's doing it all, and and it's something that Gasparini is probably salivating at right now. Him and Papu Gomez, because now they have a second playmaker, if you will, and well, third if you add Lul- or, um, uh, Lulic. So uh, it's just really good stuff from from Gasparini's men. The potential that they're gonna have, and when they when when the goals started coming in by them, I'm thinking, holy jeez, they get four goals the first week. They get three already. What is going on? They're going to take over Syria, but, you know, that was too soon, I guess, on my part. Rafa, what if I told you Atalanta were going to go to Roma and be up 3-1 at halftime and Papu Gomez wasn't going to be in the lineup? Well, I mean, I knew Papu Gomez wasn't playing. Uh, I was keeping up with with the match, uh, you know, via – you know, uh, just like like updates on my phone, and when I saw the scoreline, I couldn't believe. Like my eyes popped out of my head almost. And you know, touching back to Zapata, I I, I I'm such a fan of him. I really wish Napoli were able to utilize him more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the stuff he did with Sampdoria as well. Uh, you know, and, and then and then when the news came that he went to Atalanta, I was so genuinely happy for the guy because I'm like, all right, he's gonna get some European football in here now. And he's gonna be such an instrumental part of this special team. It's another team that's very very special. Atalanta is 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 you know it's it's a it's it's surprising that they're in Roma and they're up they're up three one, but at the same time. It's such a it's such a talented, great group of players with such a great manager, and and I can only see I can only see really like like the best of the of things for them this season. Yeah, I mean, just uh, what a what a start! But then uh, Eusebio Di Francesco does make a couple of halftime adjustments. Brian Cristante, uh, formerly of Atalanta, non-existent in this game. Lorenzo Pellegrini, uh, just beyond poor. Uh, in the first half of this game, they come off. Uh, Justin Clivert and Steven and Zonzi come on, so you kind of get a bit of a four-two-three-one where Clivert operates on the left. He makes an immediate impact in this game. Uh, Trenji Zundir 
still doing a lot of damage. And uh, st- the, the, the chances finally started creating. On the hour, Alessandro Florenzi, Alessandro Florenzi scores to make it uh, 3-2. Uh, Roma continued to press. Eight minutes left in the match. This happened. Chipped into the box. Pastoric travels all the way! And it's put home! Costas Manolas! And Roma level! Okay, so it's not Carlo Zampa absolutely losing his shit when uh, uh, Manolas scored against Barcelona. But it is a third goal for Roma, and it is scored by Manolas, Richard. Yeah, another big goal. This guy's finding finding the right times, right moments to score these big goals. Um, it it was it was a pretty thing. Uh, it wasn't quite Jekyll from last week, but it, it's 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 a big goal, and it wasn't the goal he scored in the Champions League final or semifinals, but or quarterfinals. <laughs> but uh, Manolas is, is starting to get the scoring touch, and and that can only be good things for for Roma because um, yeah, they have their attacking players, Jekyll, uh, Under, uh, but. They need some help, you know, defensively. You know, I'd like to see these defenders get some goals in because it takes the, the pressure off the attackers in the midfield. So, hey, Manolas is starting to score some goals now, and that's going to be only good things for Roma, and especially in this game, it definitely was. Now, Rafa, I predicted Roma to be the team to have the dip out of the, you know, out of the big teams this season for reasons for, that we saw in this game. I I'm not sold on that partnership of Manolas and Fazio I think there were a lot of games where Alisson saved their hide um, and now Robin Olsen is in the frame um, and while he had a decent World Cup for Sweden he, he's not Alisson and these are these were my exact words a couple weeks ago when we did our preview and the goals some of those uh, he let in were weak yeah am I am I am I right here uh, and is this going to be is this what's going to be um, Roman's Achilles heel this season if you will yeah, I think it will be. Um, you know, and and what you said was true. Uh, while he, while um, Robin Olsen had a great World Cup, we often tend to to look at these big tournaments to see the next breakout. You know, and 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 to to scout them and to say, oh man, I wish I had them on my team. You know, um, they brought in Kulivert and Zonzi and. And and you know they got very young. Uh, I I I don't know about a dip. Uh, even though I did predict Lazio to finish fourth and Roma finished fifth, so I guess that is a dip. But at the same time, I did recognize the fact that they got you. And you know I I've said it about Napoli. I've said it about Juve, and I've said it about Milan. I think a lot of teams in Serie A really did some great work in the off season to, to, to strengthen or to, you know, sign, sign a couple of really good, big names, obviously. And, and, and Roma's one of them in, in some of those youngsters, uh, Robin Olsen, uh, to me, like, like you said, it had a very decent world cup, very, very good one. Um, saved a lot of really nice shots. Uh, and you know, that's great for him, but I, he is not out and Allison, he's not. And, and, Fazio and Manolas, I don't think is enough to, you know, to, to get the job done in the back. And that will be a weak weakness for them. But, you know, their dynamic attack can, it may just be able to save their hide. And, you know, instead of it being Allison, it might be, you know, the, the unders and the, and the fact that Manolas can get a, can get a, you know, a, 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 a timely goal and, and, you know, Zeko being on and Kulivert doing this thing. And I, I you know, I, it, it's going to be a very seesaw year for them, I believe. Mm. 
it's uh, it, they're they're just a wild card team to me. I think both both of the Rome clubs again are going to be these wild card teams, or it's going to be, you know, they're going to score goals, but they're they're going to give up a bunch. Um, well, and, they, and 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 I'm sorry not to cut you off, but but just like Napoli with their 91 points, this team went to the semifinals of the Champions League last season, and uh, almost made a case to, for a comeback in the second leg, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, can they replicate that? You know, what would be a better season for them? So they've got some, you know, they've got some, some work to do as well. Indeed. Indeed. Um, uh, news to pass along on the transfer front. Kevin Strootman, no longer with Roma. He is reunited with his old coach, uh, his former coach at Roma, Rudy Garcia. He has gone to Marseille. Uh, your opinion about Strootman here on this one, Rafa, good, uh, um, going to be missed or uh, good riddance? I think it's good riddance, but I think they got their money's worth too, uh, and more. I think you know, I believe it was a twenty-five million, uh, million euro euro transfer, and you know, it's it's one of those things where he's he's been so you know iffy with his injuries and stuff that uh, maybe this might be good for both teams. You know, they. They, Roma has made money um, after the transfer market closed in Italy, and um, Strutman can go and try to revive his career in Marseille in France because, you know, I, I think Marseille is a pretty, you know, pretty decent squad. I believe they're in the Champions League, so he can he can go out there and, and do his thing with Garcia. Mm. And we'll see uh, we'll see how he does. He joins a joins a pretty dynamic team over there. Yes, exactly. With uh, with players like Payat and Tovan over there as well, uh, Richard, you had something about uh, Twitter with Marseille and Roma. Yeah, so we all know that Roma are the undisputed kings of Twitter, uh, football Twitter. That is, um, and so they they they're very awesome with with what they put out there in their tweets. But anyway, um, Marseille when they signed Strootman, they they did this like crappy version of uh, Photoshop with Strootman's head on Hulk Hogan's body or something like that. And they asked, they asked Roma's Twitter page, is like, oh, are we doing it right? Please don't be harsh. It's our first time. So Roma proceeds to, you know, say, yeah, you did great, but you're better than Inter. At least you're better than Inter. And they, and they totally called out Inter on this. And Inter tried to fight back and say something like, something about Mal- Malcolm and, and how it didn't work out, whatever. And Roma just fired right back at Inter. And it was just a brilliant exchange. If you guys check it out on, 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 uh, on Twitter, it's a, it's a funny, funny, you know, back and forth between Inter and Roma and even Marseille and that. So, uh, it was. I thought I'd mention that. I don't know if either of you guys saw that. Roma, Roma Twitter, Roma Twitter, Roma is the uh, U. Would you say they are the uh, Maryland Baltimore County Athletics uh, of Italian football Twitter? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're they're close. They're they're close to where you are, right? Yeah, exactly. They are. They actually are. <laughs> <laughs> so just remember that uh, that Twitter account just going nuts when they beat Virginia in the college basketball tournament. The rest of the world just. The rest of the, the rest of the world just put me on mute. Everybody in the United States, I think, had a good chuckle out of that. Out of that. So, um, so that was Roma and Atalanta. Atalanta really can attack like that. Roma got exposed a little bit here. Uh, certainly interesting. I think the fourth of four games that uh, really at least piqued our interest, Richard. Uh, you're going to tell us whether or not Inter was able to bounce back from that disappointing start at Sassuolo. Yeah, and you know, you were talking about goals galore and games to tune in while you told everybody to tune into the previous match. 
I was telling people to turn into Inter against Torino because there were going to be goals in that game, in my opinion, and they did not disappoint. The game would be at the Giuseppe Miazza. Notice what I said, not San Siro. Um, so it was a lively affair, and it actually started very, very quickly. Um, early in, early in the game, actually in the sixth minute, uh, Danilo de Ambrosio, you know, fed a pass over to Mauro Icardi, who got the ball in the corner, uh, swung in a cross, and it, it finds the Croatian sensation Ivan Barisic with a beautiful goal. Uh, looks like he has no rust anymore from, uh, from his World Cup finals, uh, uh, performance and so just like that inter are up one nothing and frank had looked at that point that maybe hey inter are uh, have shaken off sassuolo and things were going to be right uh did you get that perspective after that quick quick goal by perisic you know inter at home i mean and and w- when you have icardi and perisic together you're you're, you're going to put some goals on the board there's there's no question about it um so when, when those two hook up for the opening goal yeah I, I I don't necessarily know if we were on the way to a route. I thought that Torino was still going to be with with what they had to offer going forward and going the other way that they might have some answers here. But uh, for Inter to score that early, uh, it certainly sends a jolt to an opponent uh, like Torino. But um, uh, yeah, I I looked at that and I said this this could get ugly for Torino. But at the same time, they've they've got the attack to keep up. So let's see what happens. Yeah, and to see what happens, actually, you know, we didn't have to look too much further than uh, the 32nd minute. Um, it would be a free kick for Inter, and it would be kicked in by Matteo Politano. And who would he find of all people? Stefan de Vrij, the new man, would get his first goal for Inter. 2 nothing already in the first half. Uh, the game would go into the halftime 2 nothing, But Inter coming out in a very positive way after that loss against Asuolo. And things, uh, Rafa... You know, as we mentioned before, if it one nothing, we couldn't say they looked like they were they were back and shook off the rust. At two nothing at halftime, you surely think they're going to win this game, don't you? Absolutely. Um, what a ball put in by Politano, huh? I tell you what, he might be one of the underrated signings of the season. Great pickup, uh, uh, absolute, 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 wonderful pickup. Um, and it's funny because you know I always try to I always figure out how to tie Napoli into situations here. But in in January last year, if the paperwork goes through the right way through via fax, uh, Politano is a Napoli player. It doesn't happen, and then Politano just absolutely lit up for for Sassuolo. He just absolutely went on this tear. I think he scored almost every week from there on. Uh, and when Inter signed him, you know, I really, really thought to myself, wow, this is, this is going to be one of the most underrated signings, uh, didn't disappoint what a perfectly placed, uh, a free kick and, 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 and awesome to find DeVry and, and, um, you know, I, yeah, you believe that Inter's going to win the match, you know, as far as Saudi's concerned, two nil and the game is <laughs> over. Before we got to halftime, though, we got glimpses that there may be an interesting game on hand. Iago Falque started to make his presence known after that second goal. And though it did go to halftime 2-0, uh, we did have a glimmer there. And in that second half, uh, Iago Falque was back to his magic, magical ways. And he, he crossed in a beautiful, speaking of pinpoint passing, a beautiful pass by him at midpoint of the field. He was like midfield, maybe just, just behind midfield. And... What a beautiful pass that got the result of this. 
touch it's a lovely take oh my word that's a lovely take what a first touch and the second touch was a scoring touch and Torino are back in the game Il Gallo Andrea Bellotti we were wondering if he was going to get on the score sheet in this game and uh it took a beautiful beautiful pass Rafa from Iago Falque right uh, right to Bellotti and, and that touch to get around the keeper and score that goal uh you were just talking about how beautiful the pass of the Politano I think this one even outdoes that, don't you? I do, and and you know, Belotti to me, if you ask me, he's gonna he's gonna find his mark again this season. Uh, uh, you know, struggled a bit last season, um, but yeah, what a what a ball into the box, just a just a perfectly timed ball. Belotti makes the run, gets the first touch, controls it, puts it past, you know, puts it past the defense, and 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 I don't know what. Handanovic was doing there. He was just like, like, like lost, looked lost to me. But, uh, uh, you know, well-deserved goal. Very, very nice pass. I was just gonna, I was just gonna jump in and offer that take. What was Handanovic doing there? But, um, I, I think what makes this goal special, I mean, the ball from Falke first and foremost. I mean, everything about this goal is interesting. The, the ball from Falke, the decision on Handanovic's positioning, uh, and what he tries to do there. Uh, the technique of Belotti's first touch out of the air using the sole of his foot, that's really hard to do in some kind of stride, especially a ball that's whipped in from that distance, uh, you know, and then to have the calmness to tuck it away uh, after that, to just kind of stand on top of it. Because he still had the defender in his vicinity that could have done something about it. So a lot of things going on with that goal. Very well taken by Belotti, very well played in by Falke, and then Handanovic. Man, what the hell was he doing? You had a question for me, for me Richard? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I did. Now I forgot. No, 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 I did. What the um, hell are we doing? <laughs> yeah, right? No, what I was going to ask you was, does Belotti score normal goals? Because all his goals seem to be like highlight-type goals. Uh, he doesn't score the easy tap-in goals as much as he does the highlight ones. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's more entertainment for us and more for us to talk about. So um, I, 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 I love your take there, Rafa, about Belotti. I think he gets back on track this season. How do you not when you have players like Iago Falke in the fold, um, you know, and by Nyang when he can get his legs under him, he wasn't even in the team. I think he's hurt because um, I don't think he was even on the substitutes bench uh, for this game. Um, but then you've got Lorenzo Di Silvestri, Christian Ansale. How can you, uh, you know, how can you not uh, regain your scoring form with uh, everything that's available around you, uh, especially with this team and the way Matsari likes to play? Exactly, and don't forget that um, they still have—I believe—they still have Simone Zaza that's gonna, gonna yeah. come in, come in soon and offer offer his help too. You know, um, only for there's still not just. I just, thought, yeah. I, Rafa, I actually <laughs> thought you were gonna do a Mazzotti Napoli connection there. You know, I, I've thought about it, but I, I you know, I don't want to be too. <laughs> you know, listen. Aside from the fact that Mazzotti reminds me of my father, uh, uh, <laughs> he just. Uh, I, I, I always admire Mazzotti and what he did for the team. Uh, you know, he got us a Coppa Italia for the first uh, trophy for the first time in ages. And, um, you know, he's he's very animated and very, very fiery. And, and I think he's just what this Torino team needs. And Belotti, you know, he will find a stride again. And no matter how the ball goes in, it's, as long as it goes in for him, because he needs, he needs to score a lot of goals this season, especially... If uh, you know uh, uh, Cairo is gonna be so stingy with him and and you know 
turned down offers of like 40 to 50 million for him, you know, and, you know, I, I think this is a, a big season for him. So if Inter fans were worried at the 56th minute that Andrea Belotti scored, they had been terrified when in the 68th minute, Iago Falque, again, getting his nose into it, um, in the box, tries to find Ola Ina for a pass. The ball goes past him, but right to, and I'm going to mess up his name, it's Salihu Meite, um, brilliant chip play to go past the defender, gets in there and then gets a shot off right past Handanovic. Handanovic had a, 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 a poor game, in my opinion. His goal should have been saved, but hey, a goal is a goal. Torino ties it up at 2-2. Um, both teams would have chances booked back, back and forth. Um, we thought we would see a winner a couple times. There's a couple great shots. Uh, um, Ivan Perisic had another great shot up opportunity late in the game. Uh, as did uh, Iago Falque. The game, though, would end up 2-2. Frank, we thought maybe Inter were going to come out of this uh, after that Sassuolo game, but it's 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 another letdown because they were up 2-0, and then the game gets away with them, and they lose. Two, uh, they lose. <laughs> they draw 2-2. Um, do you see it as 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 gloom and doom as I do? Well, I, you know, the entire Lombardy region can't seem to hold a two-goal lead, it seems. Um, they got the yips. You know, yeah, Milan, Inter, and Atalanta all squandered two-goal leads. So, um, you know, I don't want to get too carried away. It's match week two. Um, but uh, this is Inter. You know, I don't, you know, we're, we were starting after last season, at the end of last season, starting to get comfortable with Spalletti because they qualify for the Champions League. They rebuilt this team. They make all these moves and we're all looking at it in the background and saying, hey, this looks like a properly run football club again all of a sudden. But again, the, the, the history since Mourinho, and we've hounded on it here on the Serie A sit down, Spalletti's teams with that mentality issue. Um, you know, we've talked about that plenty of times. Are we in that perfect storm with this again? You know, you wonder about that, but at the same time, you don't want to just go all in and say, yeah, that's what's really going on here because it's been two games. We've Sassuolo has been a bogey team for them for whatever reason. Um, and then here a Torino team that showed some resilience and was able to get back into the game. You also had a center back pairing that has not, this was, you know, they haven't had a lot of experience together, Milan Skriniar and Stefan de Vrij, and, and they're both very, very talented. Um, but you have that going on a little bit. You know, you've got some components, and you made this comment here, Richard. This is the team that, you know, all these transfers and all this Mercato business looks great, and we're going to hype them up, and they're going to finish second, but we forget that these guys need to figure out how to play together a little bit too. So a lot of that's going on. And then at the same time, at the same time, Torino, these guys aren't a slouch. I mean, we, we we talk about the seven that are in the European, that qualified for Europe, but there's some real good stuff here with 8, 9, and 10 with Fiorentina, Sampdoria, and Torino. I'd be surprised whenever they snatch points from these big teams. And, this, and you kind of stole my thunder there, Rafa. I was going to ask you, do you take more away that, Inter lost a two-goal lead, or that Torino came back, or, or can you really read into this matchup? Because, uh, like Frank says, Torino they have you know Il Gallo Melotti, obviously they got Iago Falque, they got Adam Lajic, who almost had a goal in this one. So, what do you take away from Torino's performance in this? Well, listen, Torino gave Roma a hell of a run for their money in the first week. 
And Roma were uh, as as nice as the goal was, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Kuliver to Jeko. Um, Roma were very lucky to get all three points last year, last week. Torino could have held Roma and Inter in the first two weeks. They came very, very close to doing so. So I, I commend them for that. I do think that Torino is going to be a Europa League team. Uh, I think Torino can actually possibly contend, not get in, but contend for a Champions League place. Um, Oh, if they, take, especially. Take. I mean, wow, it's a hot. Cool. T- it's a it's a hot take. Uh, like I said, contend, possible. You know, a possible fifth, maybe sixth. Um, uh, especially watching them, the way they played against Roma. I, I did see that whole game, and then watching the highlights back. Look, Torino's Torino's a very good team. Um, don't get me wrong, and yes, Inter. Um, Sassuolo are Inter's uh, bogey team, like you mentioned. But I'm sorry for all of the plaud, you know the 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 um how how can I say it for all of the uh, uh praise there you go that Inter has gotten during this uh, this Mercato season. There's no excuse for Inter to not have come away with six points against these two teams. No excuse at all. I don't, I don't, yes, I did mention uh, on Sempre a couple of times, you know, these teams have to play and they have to gel and it, it, they still have to, you know, yes, they have Spalletti, but they have to come together and learn how to play as a team. Whereas Napoli and Juve and, and Roma, they've been together for a while and that's how they're, they're, they're succeeding because they, they, they play well together and it's proven these Milan teams, you know, they, they, they keep getting all these new players in that, that, you know, they have to, they have to figure out each other. They have to, you know, learn each other's every move and, and, and they have to know what they're doing before they even do it. That, that does have to happen. But the way that they were, they were praised for their moves in the transfer market, there's no excuse. They should have come away with six points in these first two games. Well, well said there. Hey, Frank, uh, write this down. On August 28, 2018, Rafa picked Torino to win the Scudetto. <laughs> moving on, moving on. <laughs> it was the uh, Walter Mazzotti effect. <laughs> side note about this game, and I don't know if either of you guys caught this. Uh, Christian Ansaldi went out in the 22nd minute with an apparent injury, that, and, and then came in Ola Ina. Did anybody catch that, or was that, in fact, an injury? Um, I, I mean, did, a, a player of Ansaldi's, uh, talent, you know, at least, uh, with respect to Torino to come out in the 22nd minute, it had to be an injury. I wasn't aware of that. So yeah, you rarely take out a player of his, of his ilk or his quality in the 22nd minute, unless it's something serious. And hopefully it's not, I haven't seen anything yet. Well, we're looking for it frantically, but, um, hey, hopefully he gets back on the pitch. Cause he's a, he's a key member to Torino and, and for the, uh, Serie A really. So it, we hope to see him back sooner than later. Definitely, definitely. So those were the uh, four big games from the Match Day 2 weekend. Believe it or not, we still got to go through six more. Uh, So let's get to that right now. Okay, so we went through the uh, the four big ones. Let's get to uh, the roundup here. Uh, Starting at the uh, Renato Dallara in Bologna, 
where Spal is playing. Why why is Spal playing in Bologna? I happen to just catch that. Is there is there, is their stadium being renovated? It Richard? must be, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's very interesting how they're playing there. I did not even catch that until the game. Then I'm like, wait, why are they there? They're Milan Romano. What? Yeah, why are they not? Um, yeah, if somebody can help us out with that. We would Tweet we would us. certainly appreciate that. Tweet us. Let us know. Um, yeah, I not seen anything. Well, I, I the the latest thing I see. I mean, back in December they were given a boost to uh, further expand the stadium that they have. I don't know if maybe those are underway. Um, but, um, but we'll know. Rafa, are you familiar with uh, why Spall are playing in Bologna? Uh, no, actually I'm not. I, I don't, I don't understand that. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I, I we, have no idea. I'm learning we, about it now. If we happen to have a Spall fan uh, listening to this Serie A sit down, give us an explanation. We'd certainly appreciate it. But anyway, it did not stop Spall from getting to playing two and winning two, uh, winning 1-0 over Arma and Mirko Antonucci with a just sublime goal uh, in that one um, for the Ferrara side that was playing in Bologna. Um, Cagliari and Sassuolo, that was a 2-2 draw. Very entertaining game. Pavoletti scoring in the 10th minute. Pavoletti could have scored about five or six goals in this game. Um, Domenico Berardi getting his second of the season in the second half before Pavoletti gets his brace. Um, Sassuolo did have a red card in this game, a very soft second yellow, um, in fact, on that one. And uh, that went to, uh, was that Marlon? Yeah, that was Marlon. Uh, the fullback. Uh, but nonetheless, on 10 men, uh, Sassuolo did get a penalty on a handball uh, at the end of the game. Kevin Prince Boateng getting his first goal for the Nero Verdi. Uh, so a 2 2 draw there. The uh, Sassuolo out to a four point start under Roberto Di Zerbi. Fiorentina, my word. Um, if you guys listened to me or if you guys followed me on Twitter when I did my picks, this was the lock of the week. I thought Fiorentina would win 3-0. They actually scored twice as many goals as I thought they would. They scored six. They beat Kievo 6-1. Uh, Nikola Milenkovic with a goal that would – he's a defender scoring a goal like that, and it would it's a goal that would make strikers blush. Uh, Gerson getting on the score sheet. Uh, he's on loan from Roma. Uh, Benassi getting a brace. Federico Chiesa getting a very nice goal. Uh, and uh, Il- uh, Cholito scoring in front of his dad. Did you guys see that? Is uh, that uh, that Diego, that Diego Simeone was at the game? That's that's a great way to do it. I, lo- I love that. I love seeing that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Nenad Tomovic, uh, rubbish defender, but scores on his former team. Uh, he had a consolation for the Flying Donkeys there in the 76th minute. Rosinone and Bologna. They might as well not have played because neither team scored. It was a nil-nil draw. Uh, Genoa and Empoli, uh, Genoa's first game, uh, very, very nice scenes uh, going on over there um, and uh, at, at, at the stadium in Genoa, uh, the Marassi, right, Richard? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Marassi, yeah, I, it was, I was brain farting there for a second. Um, and uh, I think they went, uh, was it like 42, uh, 43 minutes without cheering minutes or chanting? There, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they did a uh, and then they did a tribute um, at that point in the game, uh, but uh, Genoa did their business very early. Uh, Piatek scoring in the sixth minute, followed by an 18th minute goal by Kwame to put them up two nil. Ratz gets a goal. Jason Ratz, the musician, now he's playing for Empoli. Believe it. Good that. for him. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, 
Employee so, need the help. <laughs> the girlfriend will appreciate that one. Yeah. yeah. So I just see the name and I'm like, Geez. last week there was a guy named Caputo who scored and Oof. he's one of the leading scorers. And, and my mother's maiden name is Caputo. And I've been and, asking, I've been asking my aunts and uncles, I said, you guys know this thing better than I do. Is, is he on the tree somewhere? So that's great. The Caputo, Caputo actually, uh, I, I just bought a pizza from Caputo's this, this evening. Yes, yes, and I think if the flower company um, out there is 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 part of our lineage, I don't know, but but Genoa do beat Empoli two one, a very very uh, important win for Davide Balladini's men, and a great start to get off to, and especially with everything that's been going on in the city of Genoa, uh, nice to see uh, the Gifone getting off to a good start, um, and uh, we round this up with uh, a surprise Udinese at home, although if uh, you followed me on Twitter. Uh, I, this was not a surprise to me. Uh, Udinese won Sampdoria nil. Rodrigo De Paul in the ninth minute. And Richard, talk about Seiko Fofana and the influence he's having on this team under Julio Velasquez so far through the first two games. Yeah, last year he had a major regression in, in his progression. And we weren't sure if he was going to be able to live up to the hype and potential that we knew he had. <laughs> this year, though, under Velasquez, he seems to have taken a flight and, and it's, he's found a new game to him. It's Last week... Um, he was he was instrumental in the in the in the comeback against Parma, and then this week as well, uh, he was very his his fingerprints all over this game, and he's really starting to round out into a very very quality player, and hopefully his trajectory trajectory I can't say that that word right now um keeps going higher because I I see this guy um being a very very uh very important player to not only Udinese but. I can see bigger, bigger clubs starting to sniff around and get this guy's name because this guy is that talented. Mm. Um, Rafa, you have you found the answer for us for why Spal is playing in Bologna? I di- I did yes. Uh, the Stadio Mazza is undergoing some reconstruction. I was right. Okay, good. And it, yeah, it won't be ready until after the the international break. So they they had to open against Bologna at the at the Dalada and then they had to play last week where they got wins. They should probably just play every game there. They should ask, they should ask all the other home teams to just play at that Dalada. <laughs> That's right. Their opening game was at the Dalada and they won. Yeah. Yeah. Play every game there. Play every game there. You'll, you'll win the Scudetto. You'll go to the champions league. Spa wins the Scudetto. That's my hot take. <laughs> as long as every game is at the Dalada. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, all right, uh, uh, time for a uh, winner and a loser. Uh, Richard, uh, give us a winner, give us a loser. Ooh, oh, man. Um, loser, I am going to go with, ooh, I'm going to be harsh on this one. I'm going to say Milan after they're uh, blowing a 2 nothing lead. Yes, it's Napoli, but still, you, you're, you're on the road. You should try to set up shop, and they did not. They looked uh, amateurish at best. So they're the losers for me. The winner for me is going to be Antonucci for Spa with a brilliant, brilliant goal. Uh, it was honorable mention in our top five goals of the week. So, um, yeah. We're going to do a top six, and we're throwing that in there as number six. <laughs> Boom. So didn't we discuss this? I thought we discussed this, Richard. We did. You didn't pay attention to the notes. <laughs> oh, you, you, wanted, oh you, you, you wanted to do it as an honorable mention? Well, now it's a top six. It's I just said, yeah, I said, I said, screw it. Let's do a top six. We have six great goals. We can't decide which one to eliminate, so let's do six. That's right. All right, so that's what we'll do. <laughs> so, so no, no, I, I, I don't have a problem with either of those. I think that uh, 
I would have loved to have seen, as a Milan fan, I would love to have seen them still try to salvage a point at the San Paolo. And then, yeah, Antonucci's goal was special. Uh, Rafa, give us a winner and a loser from this uh, match week two. You know, I was, I was just thinking about it, and you know, I was like, "Ooh, you're gonna put us on the spot," but it, it was kind of easy for me. I think the loser this weekend is Inter, hands down. Mm-hmm. You go up two nil at home against Torino, and you don't come away with the victory again. And to me, Inter is just the lo- has been the loser of the season so far, and and they take it again this week. Mm-hmm. Um. But the winner for me is Genoa. Uh, to come back from, you know, the, the suspended match, uh, you know, the city having to deal with what they're dealing with and, uh, you know, the respect that the fans showed to be silent for the first 43 minutes to respect the 43 that passed and then for them to go ahead and get a pretty decent win Um for me just was a, a special, a special moment, uh, in Serie A this week. And I think Genoa is a winner all around. Excellent stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I am totally on board with, uh, Genoa as a winner. Um, you said, Rafa, you said Inter, uh, Richard, you said Milan. I, my loser is the entire Lombardi region. <laughs> as I mentioned, all three teams from there with two goal leads and, uh, a combined uh, two points uh, where there probably should have been nine. One point. There probably should have been, could have been nine. No two. No two. Inter and, and Atalanta both had draws um, and, and Milan lost. So I forget. Uh, this is in the region. I forget. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so, so uh, unfortunately for them, yeah, that's uh, uh, the, the region of Lombardia. An honorable mention to Fiorentina. What a start for them. But the, uh, you know who winner was this week, guys? Me. Me. <laughs> my first time doing I did my I did my fearless five. This is gonna be something I'm gonna do weekly. I'm gonna to try to figure out how to get this to be a video on the city I sit down on YouTube as soon as I can figure out how to email a video to Richard. Um, but my first time dabbling in it, if you guys followed me, I just decided I, I tried to do a video that I could throw up on Twitter. It was too long, so I just wrote it up on Twitter. And here were my picks. Shock of the week. Udinese two, Sampdoria one. I had the winner and the margin of victory, even because wow. it was one nil. Okay, lock of the week: Fiorentina three, Kievo nil. Well, Fiorentina blasted Kievo anyway, six one. I had the Juve Lazio pick perfect, two nil. I had Napoli beating Milan two one. I had the right winner, the right margin. It was three two, and I predicted Roma and Atalanta on a draw. My first time doing this, five games, a hundred percent right. Did I put any money on it though? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so in that sense, I'm a loser, but I'm a winner because I'm patting myself on the back for it. So um, I have, I have so, a, a really quick. I have, I have another, another winner and loser. Uh, I, I'll go loser. Um, honorable mention loser and honorable mention winner. Honorable mention loser is Maricio Sadi for saying that in Italy, two nil, it's over. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Foot and I, yeah, absolutely. Run your mouth and see what happens. <laughs> only when you Juventus, only when you Juventus, or maybe even Fiorentina. Exactly. Uh, and honorable mention, mention winner, if you ask the Semper boys, is me because this is my third podcast of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> They'll you tell you I'm a winner. <laughs> you, you've, you're, 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 you're earning your stripes, my friend. You're earning your thank stripes. You, thank, I'll, I'll thank go you. along with thank that. They'll come with back that. and say I have a big head. So it's. it's <laughs> and it's Richard awesome. and I. Richard and I have our uh, top six goals of the week. 
Uh, we're going to figure out how to do a video there on, on, uh, on the YouTube channel. But uh, should I do a spoiler alert, Richard? Should be sure. Okay. Uh, number six, the aforementioned Mirko Antonucci's goal for Spall uh, against Parma. Um, in at number five, uh, Mirlin Pjanic's goal for Juventus against Lazio. At number four, Andrea Bellotti's goal for Torino against Inter. Number three, Nikola Milenkovic's blast for Fiorentina against Chievo. In at number two, Giacomo Bonaventura's goal for Milan at Napoli. And number one, Javier Pastore with that class goal for Roma against Atalanta. Uh, Rafa, any disagreement with any of that? Uh, no real disagreement. I would probably have figured out a way to throw Merton's game winner in there. Uh, very difficult angle to, to, to shoot from, although we've seen a lot of more difficult goals scored by Mertens in, in, in his day. But uh, no, all around, I'm happy with it. I think the goal of the weekend is absolutely Javier Pastore. That was an incredible. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So, you know, look out for that. We'll have highlights and kind of our commentary on that. So all that aside, let's put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit Down, gentlemen. Uh, and let's uh, shamelessly plug some of the things that we're into. And Rafa, we're going to give you the floor. Thank you very much. Uh, you can find me at Rafanopoli83 on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, uh, Raffaele Rispo. Um, Sempre, the podcast is at Sempre SSC Napoli. We also have uh, Sempre, I believe it's SemprePodcast.com. Uh, we change the site. <laughs> we change the name of the site every now and then. But uh, that's a, a, a very, very cool website where we have uh, you know the 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 six of us contribute to um, uh, pretty cool uh, pieces, uh, you know, articles, and we also have various um, contributors who who write some really really cool stuff. Uh, uh, one in particular is a guy named Eric, uh, um, Eric pa- uh, Pas- Passarella, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, you know, I'm so I'm very sorry uh, if I'm destroying your name, buddy. I, I, I it might be an Enrico Passarella. It, it could, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the name is escaping me, but he, uh, he's he's come on, and he's absolutely written like three or four amazing pieces, and he even wrote a poem, <laughs> but uh, a couple weeks ago, and just some brilliant stuff. Uh, so so that's uh, semprepodcast.com. Um, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, uh, and, and pretty much any other way to find a podcast. You can get it. Um, we're looking into possibly doing some more stuff, some some stuff on YouTube, um, um, collaboration pieces. Uh, we just have a lot of big plans um, coming soon, and um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And I enjoy I enjoy listening to you guys. You guys put on some great content. Uh, you know, for the Napoli faithful. So uh, keep up the good work. Thank you um, very much. You bet. You bet. Richard. Yeah. Uh, again, thank you, for, Rafa, for being on the show. It's always great to have the Napoli boys on and uh, get their perspective, especially when it's a big game like Napoli-Milan. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not writing any articles at this present time. Uh, just uh, Your wife would kill you. My wife would kill me. And I, <laughs> this is the first podcast I've done, and this may be the last one. We'll see how this week goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, yeah, you can uh, definitely check out our Serie A Sit Down YouTube page and uh, make sure you follow out all the videos we're going to start putting out here. Uh, we had the top five last week. As Frank alluded to, we had the top six and have his, uh, what do you call it, the ferocious five? 
Furious Fearless, Five or Fear, Fearless Five. Fearless Five. So definitely make sure you do that. Uh, but other than that, you can find me on Serious Sit Down. Hopefully back to my regular schedule, but time will tell. It yes. Depends on the boss. Yes, we all know. Can I correct fun. myself? It's. It, I'm sorry. It's sempre sscnapoli.com. I would have got a lot of slack from the guys if I didn't <laughs> fix that. <laughs> sempre sscnapoli.com. I oh, will just edit that part out, Rafa, and then oh, yeah. let, them, let them have a go at you. i'm i'm at i'm at ftc underscore 21 uh the culture consultant uh is my blog on world football index and uh, my next piece will probably come out after match week three when we uh get into this uh first international break uh kind of giving my first impressions of uh what i see out of every team uh so uh be on the lookout for that in a week or so um, otherwise, uh, yeah, I'll be uh, working with Richard trying to put up some videos and trying to get things going up on, uh, on YouTube and getting that up and running. Um, uh, so that's, uh, those are some of the things that you're going to, uh, be able to look forward to me. So, um, I apologize in advance for my ugly face, uh, in some of these videos, but, uh, you'll realize why I have a face for podcasts. Anyhow, um, you can also go to at Serie Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram. Got a topic, got something you want us to cover, got a question you want to answer, we'd be happy to tackle it for you. Uh, go there. We have our own channel on iTunes. We have our own channel on SoundCloud. Uh, do subscribe. Um, leave some comments if, uh, if, 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 you, if you don't mind. Uh, tell us how we can uh, make our podcast better for you. And, uh, yeah, we're also going to be on YouTube, so subscribe there. Um, but uh, Rafa, uh, our thanks as always. We always enjoy having the uh, the Sempre boys on. So uh, uh, you represented well, my friend. Thank you very much. And and I should also say I'm very happy you guys, uh, you know, came up with your own channel on iTunes because, you know, I was following in in the SoundCloud days, and and I don't know why, but for me it just wasn't working out that well. I often found myself starting it over again. But um, yeah, when we, you guys we heard we heard the concerns for sure, and that's why we did it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 just very happy that you guys did that, and and you know now I just get it downloaded when you guys post, so uh, you know I, I won't miss a single minute of it. Mm, I appreciate that. Yeah, and that's kind of the uh, that's been kind of the theme with uh, you know, our move to this. So uh, uh, you know, so definitely good to know that uh, that we made the uh, the right choice moving forward here. So. Uh, Thank you all for taking the time to listen to us. This was a long one. We had a lot of very, very interesting things develop in match week two. Uh, thank you for your patience and sticking it out and and uh, and listening to us this long. You know, I, I, I don't want to say anything derogatory about you because you made it this far. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, again, my thanks to Rafa and for Richard. I'm Frank. Uh, this is the Serie A sit-down. Be sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.